Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's a good day to be in God's house. Although I haven't found a bad day to be in God's house. So uh, I think every day, every day is good to be in God's house. This is uh, the traditional uh, women's retreat weekend, which means that there's no telling what the kids look like. Uh, you know, this is the week, I had three daughters, so when Nancy would go off to, to women's retreat, yeah, it, was, it was free dress day. You know, you got to wear stripes and polka dots all at the same time. You know, tutus and cowboy boots. You know, and there was no combing the hair, you just put a tiara on and you were good. So... You know, we figured we would deal with mom when she got back. She said, you dressed them like that, but that's the way they wanted to dress, so I figured it was good. So, uh, so if you want to enjoy yourself, look at all the uh, children that got dressed with their dad, uh, dressing them, and, and you'll realize why God gave us moms. Uh, we're not too good at that. So, hey, I want to talk to you today. We're, we're walking through the series, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. We've talked about uh, the Lord being all-sufficient in that, in that passage of Scripture, Lord, teach us to pray. And we said that He needs to be Lord or supreme over all things in our life. We made the statement that the Lordship of Christ begins in our life when the ownership ends. As long as we own our problems, as long as we own the circumstances that are in our life, He is not Lord over them. But when we surrender whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, and we give it to Him, that's when we say, we trust you, we trust your ways, we trust what you want to do in our lives. And when we allow him to be Lord, amazing things begin to happen. We begin to pray for his will and not our will. We start praying for God to meet needs, not the way we think he, we should or he should, but as he sees fit. Lordship of the Lord. We've also talked last week about Lord, teach us to pray. And we said that if the Lord is going to teach us to pray, it's something that has to be learned, that nobody is born with this amazing gift of prayer. All of us had to learn how to pray. And it's an unending classroom. You will continually learn to pray throughout your life. The, if your prayer life today is the same as it was last year, then there hasn't been much teaching going on. As a, as a teacher, as an educator, I wanted to know what, what the students knew at the beginning of the year, and you gave a test or an exam, and then you gave an exit test or exam at the end of the year to determine how much they had learned. And it's the same way with, with prayer. Prayer is an ever-increasing uh, way that we can communicate with God. And, and to say we know everything about prayer is to say we know everything about God. And to say we know everything about God is just simply foolish because God is so great. He's always amazing us, isn't he? 
Doesn't he always transform you, change you? And, and just when you think you know the relationship you have with the Lord, he does something new and he shows some glory in your life and, and he reveals some magnificent uh, attribute of him and you think, man, God is good. But it requires, prayer requires that student-teacher relationship. We must be willing to learn. So we've talked about Lord, we've talked about teach. I want to talk to you about today about something that's really important. I want to talk about us. Us. We're not talking about them or them. We're talking about us. When the disciples saw Jesus pray, and they heard him praying, they came to him as a group, and they said, Lord, teach us, plural, how to pray. Teach us how to pray. One of the things that we have to watch when we look at Scripture is that our culture, anyone's culture, can affect the way you view things. You and I, we live in, in a Western civilization, a Western culture. If we had a mantra, it would probably be Frank Sinatra's, I did it my way. You know, it's all about me, I, you know, the individual. When we... When we watch movies, we love those movies, at least I love those movies where it talks about, uh, you know, raising yourself up by your own bootstraps and, and, and being able to, you know, chart a, a course and, and blaze a trail on your own. America loves self-sufficiency. America loves being uh, identified by your individual achievement. That's why we like scriptures in the scripture uh, where we like that, that, that theme, accept Christ as your personal Savior. Because it's an individual. It relates to the Western culture. It relates to the Western mindset. We're individuals and we, and we accept Christ individually and, and that is true. But in the context of the scripture that we are studying this scripture found in Luke 11, 1 through 4, is not written in the singular. It is written in the plural. It is a we culture. It's not a me culture. It is a we culture because the scripture teaches us about a we culture, about you and I together, about us in fact, the Eastern mindset is more focused on the group than it is on the individual. Always has been. It's more about the family. It's more about the group. That's why in Galatians 6.2, when it says carry one another's burdens, it, it talks about the, uh, about the group. I know in, in, many years ago in India, there was a whole class because it's a uh, is set up in, in different classes, and there was a class that approached some missionaries in, in India, and they said, we're tired of being in this class, we're tired of being the, the, on the lowest rung, and so we would like, as a group, to accept Christ. We want to become Christians, because it was a group mentality, it was an us mentality, and they approached these missionaries. And after a short debate, the missionaries came back to them and said, no, you cannot come to Christ as a group. You must come as individuals. 
their Western culture of individualism was affecting the way they were ministering. I'm thankful that Paul did not have that same mentality when the jailer said, me and my whole family are going to serve. And, the, and everyone came to Christ. So it's important that we look at the Scripture for what it says. This me culture can skew our perspective of the Scripture. And when we're looking at this, when we're looking at this passage of Scripture found in Luke 11, 2 through 4, this is what the Scripture says, And he said unto them, When you pray, this is plural, you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, Give us, plural, day by day, our daily bread. And forgive us, plural, our sins. For we, plural, ourselves, also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And bring us not into temptation. It's important to look at this passage of Scripture and see it for, for what it is. It is a, it is a group prayer. Though we can pray it as an individual, Jesus was addressing a group and he was using the plural and he was saying when you pray, you need to pray as a group. It's important to have personal prayer. I'm not saying only pray with a group, but I am saying that there is something dynamic that happens when God's people get together and begin to pray. Scripture tells us where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the middle of them, in their midst, gathered with them. There is something to be said about the individual prayer. We see people in the Scripture going off and praying by themselves. Jesus prayed by himself. You and I need to have that, that quiet time or that solace with, with Christ where we are alone and separate and apart. But we cannot exclude the fact that we need to meet together, not just to encourage one another, not just so we can go to teas together, not so we can go to fall festivals together. Those are all great things. But there is something that happens when God's people begin to get together and they pray together. When God's people pray together, great things things happen. When God's people got together, nothing is impossible. The walls of Jericho fell flat when God's people got together and began to follow what God had asked them to do. Peter was released from prison when the church began to pray together for his release. If you look at Acts 2, the church was birthed when people got together. And it says, when the day of Pentecost was now come, they, plural, were all together in one place. I like what it says that they were with one mind in one accord. They had one purpose and one motive that was to see the promise of God come and, and bless them. They had one purpose together. They were praying for one thing. Great things happen when God's people decide we are going to set aside our differences and we're going to focus on the blessing of God and what God has said we can have and if God says we can have it then we're going to pray until we receive it 
Amen. Amen. I need a little response. I like response. Uh, you know, I, I have two responses. I say amen or oh me. Either one's fine. So this 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 church that 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 we are part of that started in Acts 2, it started in prayer. When people were together, the church received boldness when they prayed. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were gathered together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Isn't that amazing? They were praying for boldness. You know why they were praying for boldness? Because for most of us, and I would dare say pretty much all of us, speaking the word of God, sharing the good news of, of the gospel, in telling somebody else that you have something great that you want to give them, doesn't come natural to us. We are shy. We're, we're, we're a little hesitant we don't want to share because we don't want to be rejected because it's just part of who we are but when we begin to pray together something amazing happens the presence of God can come into that situation and boldness can be ours not only was the church birthed in prayer boldness was given to the church to grow ministries as well begin in this corporate prayer. Paul and Barnabas were set out for their, their work in the ministry. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work where I have called them. Do you realize that, that you, the ministry that God has called you to is usually placed in your heart but identified by the body of believers prayer is amazing the ministry that that you have in your heart i know that i i was called into ministry while worshiping in church while serving in church it wasn't out on my on my own it was in that corporate arena it was in that environment of prayer with God's people that the Lord called me I know many people that have heard a a missionary speak and realized the call of God in their life because they heard in that in that in that arena of corporate prayer it's important scripture tells us that that if we ask, it will be given. And if we seek, we, sh if we, sh if we shall find. And if we knock, it shall be opened to us. Notice that all of these are plural. It's not an individual. Jesus is saying, when you as a group ask, it will be given. When you as a group seek, you will find. And when you as a group begin to knock, it's going to be open. Let me ask you today. Are there things in your life that, that you would like God to answer? Are there some situations that you would like to see God transform? 
There are countless stories and examples in Scripture that support the fact that, that we as God's people should, should and are commanded to pray for one another. Prayer is the, as we said last week, it's not to equip us for the, for the greatest work. Prayer is the greatest work of the church. It's prayer that will transform your family. It is prayer that will transform your life. It is prayer that brings healing. It is prayer that when we connect with God, amazing things begin to happen. He said, James says, you don't have because you just don't ask. Again, it's plural. We, we don't have because we are not spending time asking the Lord. Let me say again, is there something that you want to see God do? Is there, is there a need in your life that you need God to reach down and touch you and bless you? You know, and I'm and you say, well, Pastor, you're, you haven't spoke very long. That's really intentional because here's what I want you to do. I'm going to have Chad and Sam, if you guys would come. I'm going to give ourselves, we, an opportunity to pray. I want to put some feet to this message. And here's what I'd like you to do. If you are comfortable with the people around you, I want you to begin to pray uh, with them for them if they have a need. I know Tom, his back is hurting him. We want to pray for God's blessing to heal him today.